This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, hello and welcome to the program. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few minutes, John Carlson and Dave Mater will join us with a fresh update on the Vancouver housing market and more on the 1% Realty story. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Last Sunday, we reported on a massive computer crash at British Airways that caused flight delays and cancellations all over the world. The concern a week ago was what caused that crash, terrorism, cyber hacking, and nobody could answer. It took several days to sort out, but turns out sometimes a major global crisis can indeed be caused by somebody turning off the wrong power switch. There are currently two versions of what happened, the airline's version and the computer contractor's version. British Airways says it has investigated thoroughly and found nothing wrong with the power supply system other than a human, likely somebody working for the IT contractor, had inadvertently turned it off. The contracting firm in charge of managing the airline's data system says, nonsense, there needs to be more evidence produced before jumping to conclusions. Well, needless to say, there are a few million pounds of liability at play here, to say nothing of resolving thousands of passenger complaints stemming from the computer crash, which of course had to happen on the UK version of our Victoria Day long weekend. This one's not over. We'll keep you posted. As our country readies itself for legalized marijuana next year. Many companies and their benefits providers are trying to figure out exactly what that could mean to policyholders. Should medical marijuana become a cost covered by insurance companies? Insurance is all about risk. And right now, most Canadian insurers seem to be reluctant to assume the risk of including cannabis products in their coverage packages. Why? Well, pretty simple, they say. There isn't enough data yet to analyze to produce a risk assessment. This comes up because apparently so many Canadian workers have been asking about whether whether rather medical marijuana will become a package in their benefits that employers have turned to their providers and said, okay, what's the deal here? Insurers have been scrambling for answers and rightly point out, Well, it's complicated. In safety-sensitive workplaces, there are different circumstances than in offices, and so on. But analysts' advice for Canadian employers holding back on even discussing the issue for their employees is to wake up. It's not about waiting for that door to open. It's been open for a while, and it's time to catch up, especially with more evidence that prescription-based opioid consumption is not only becoming a national health crisis, it's also becoming a major productivity problem. More on this to come, but don't expect Canadian insurance companies to embrace cannabis products coverage anytime soon. Oh, and this week we learned the tragically hip have become investors in the marijuana business, partnering with Brantford, Ontario producer New Strike Resources Limited, one of 45 licensed producers in Canada and one of 26 in Ontario. The hip are described as significant investors in the project, which began trading on Thursday under the trading symbol, of course, HIP. The stock on this opening weekend, by the way, sits at 39 cents a share. Well, here's another reason to consider a staycation for the summer of Canada 150. 
Our privacy commissioner, Daniel Terrien, has warned the Canadian Parliament our privacy could be put at risk by apparent U.S. plans to demand cell phones and social media passwords from foreign visitors at all entry points. And that includes here in Canada at pre-clearance facilities. Right now, there are eight major Canadian airports where U.S. Customs operates pre-clearance checkpoints, including, of course, Vancouver. And that's where Mr. Terria, the privacy commissioner, loses his cool. Because right now, Parliament is considering legislation that would expand pre-clearance operations. In this new bill, the government says our privacy will be protected by Canadian law, including the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. The privacy commissioner says American border agents in Canada acting in the performance of their duties are immune from Canadian laws. As so, as is the case at the border right now, Mr. Terrier says we're stuck with either accepting a search without grounds or taking a pass on that trip to the USA. So far, the Trudeau government hasn't had much to say, except they want to see more pre-clearance facilities established at more airports. Clearly, there's much more to come on this story as Canadian consumers plan our summer holidays. And finally, as we watch the Toronto Blue Jays belatedly begin to put a season together, and they're playing the Yankees right now, remember that idiot in the stands who threw a full can of beer at an opposing player during a playoff game against Baltimore last fall? He nearly hit the outfielder, who made the catch anyway, and caused a long interruption in play and a huge uproar on social media. People calling it a black eye on Canadian sports fans everywhere, and so on and so on. Well, in court this week, under an agreement, Ken Pagan pleaded guilty to mischief under $5,000. A pre-sentence report has been ordered, and he'll learn his fate on June 28th. Because of his stupid behavior last fall, baseball fans at the Rogers Center were no longer able to buy beer in cans for the rest of the playoffs. Plastic Cups now ruled, and consumers of suds were not at all impressed. $11 beers in plastic cups is not any fan's idea of a great day at the ballpark. You will be pleased to note that if you plan to take in a Jays game in Toronto at Rogers Centre this summer, beer is once again overpriced, but available in cans. And the other stuff is now just a warm, flat memory. Those are some of the stories we're following this week. We'll look at a few more later on, and we'll have a steel report for you as well. Coming up next, John Carlson and Dave Mater with the latest on the Metro Vancouver housing market and more on the 1% Realty Story. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, it's a 16-degree Sunday morning in Metro Vancouver, 1114 Sterling Fox and Vancouver Consumer on the air. And it's a pleasure to welcome back Dave Mater and John Carlson from uh, 1% Realty. And I should say, Dave Mater, Personal Real Estate Corporation, and John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation, uh, back to the program. Guys, why do I have to say that at least once every program? Hey, Sterling. Uh, well, we are incorporated, John and I, and so uh, council rules say we have to say Personal Real Estate Corporation after our, our name. So there we have it. Okay, so we fulfilled the real estate uh, board obligations. We met our commitments. Council John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great this morning, Sterling. Yourself? I am well, thank you. Uh, you've had a busy week. Uh, last uh, Sunday on the air, uh, we talked about some showings and open houses that you people had, and uh, you've been you've been just going flat out since we last talked. It's only been a week, and <laughs> you've had quite a week, John. That's right. We've been very busy. 
Jersey, as people have probably read and heard in the the media, the market's been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave and I have uh, you know taken a number of new listings and sold them. Um, we're keeping busy. We're getting a lot of calls and we're making a lot of happy clients. Excellent, Dave. You have some fresh numbers in terms of how's the market around Metro Vancouver. We're always curious about that, and you've got the latest numbers from the month of May, and it was a pretty darn good month by the sounds of things. Yeah, the board just released the stats package a few days ago. Um, what we've seen are uh, the, the market continuing uh, with its uh, really high sales volumes, in particular of condos and townhomes. Um, you know, in April, we saw when the stats package came back for April, we saw almost 70% of the sales uh, in the board area uh, being accounted for by condos and townhomes. This year, it's kind of that same trend. Um, almost nine, this is one stat, it's quite something, almost 95% of condos uh, on the market in May sold. Is that right? That's quite something, right? Yeah, but what that means is that it's a fantastic market if you're a seller. Uh, lots and lots of buyers out there, lots of pent-up demand, and the story is there's really not enough good quality listings out there to go around for buyers. But I suppose, John, too, the fact that there are, uh, the, the, the apartments, the condos, and the townhouses are the most dominant in terms of sales numbers would be because they typically are more affordable than single detached homes. Well, absolutely. You know, the affordable range is hot because supply is limited. And let's face it, with prices going up the way they have, people, you know, have to uh, take affordability to account very seriously. Uh, you know, case in point, if I may, sure. I want to give a quick shout out to Sally and Mac and Cindy and Dave. Uh, they gave us a call uh, just last week after the show and we listed the townhouse in Bear Creek in Surrey. And it was about 1030 last night. We had multiple offers on the property and within a week, uh, we got an overlist price um, offer and uh, I just want to congratulate them and invite others to do the same. If you're thinking of selling your home anywhere in Lower, Man- uh, Lower Mainland and Greater Vancouver, Give Dave and I a call because I think we have something pretty good to offer. Well, Dave, let's talk about what you have to offer. And that's uh, the 1% realty story. And we're talking about commissions and uh, something that uh, uh, home sellers and buyers uh, really need to pay attention to. In in terms of keeping more of your own money in your own pocket, the 1% realty story is pretty attractive. Tell us more. Yeah, we think so. Um, so in a nutshell, what I, what I kind of like to tell folks is that we're fully licensed, full service agents. We do all the same types of things that uh, the other agents do. The difference is just that we tend to charge less and a lot of us sell a lot more properties than typical agents do. So kind of to break it down, the way it works is... Um, our, our commission structure: anything that sells under six hundred thousand, we charge a flat fee sixty nine fifty. Uh, anything over six hundred thousand, we charge a flat fee one percent of the sale price plus nine hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's always GST on top of that. Um, so there's no set commission rates out there. You can't set commission rates in Canada. But what's really common is 7% on the first 100000 and 2.5% on the balance. Sure, those are the numbers most of us are accustomed to. Or, or something like that. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Right. absolutely. And that translates into significant savings. When Dave and I are sitting down with uh, potential sellers, oftentimes they'll share with us what other agents might have told them or what they might have quoted them on commissions. And, and more times than not, uh, what we offer and what we charge is uh, miles ahead of uh, what some of our competition can offer. Well, to, and, and to put that into perspective, right? Like, um, you know, our our commissions versus, say, their commissions. For that $600,000 property, our commission's typically, say, sixty nine fifty. Right. Theirs, a 
approaching $19,000. So that's a savings of around twelve grand, something like that. For that million-dollar property, of course, there's lots of those in the Lower Mainland. Ours is going to be 1% plus nine fifty, so that's about $11,000 versus about thirty grand, John, something yeah, like that. Right? absolutely. So that's around $19,000 savings. Absolutely. It's a big chunk, and of course, the higher the sale price, the bigger the savings. So I'm quoting from your website again here. The primary reason typical commission rates have remained the same is because so many sellers have agreed to pay these rates. You might have paid these rates as well, but why pay more than you have to? And that's a pretty straight-at-you, common-sense kind of question, John, that a lot of people go, gosh, well, I, I don't know, <laughs> when, when you're asking them, why pay more than you have to? Well, that's one of the taglines of 1% Realty, why pay more? And uh, Dave and I will be the first people to admit that um, you know a, a good price is important, but you also have to have the service and the product and the skills behind it to make it worthwhile. And that's really where Dave and I come in. Our slogan uh, sometimes is experience, savings, and results, because savings is only one part of the package that we offer people. We're two very experienced agents, and we get results for our clients. And oh, Sorry, Dave, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, right, for, for folks that are thinking, well, okay, I'd love the idea of saving those commissions. That sounds fantastic, but when what services are we actually going to get? Are we going to get what we pay for or what? Well, just to give folks an idea of what we do, it's all the same types of things that you would expect to get pretty much anywhere else. So, of course, our listings are on MLS, of course, Realtor.ca, Realty Link, all sorts of other associated websites. We have professional photographers. They do fantastic, we think, probably the, the best photographer from the business, uh, fantastic virtual tours and 3D dollhouse tours, and we do open houses and showings and lock boxes and help helping our clients, of course, negotiate offers, often in multiple offers, often over list price, often subject free, you know, right from beginning to end, right through to the time when we send the contract off to the notary and lawyers to form, uh, you know, for, for preparation on closing, everything's there right, right from beginning to end. It's just a full meal deal for less. And John, I suppose, uh, and you've talked about this on a previous occasion, you know, say, so Canadians are pretty savvy consumers. We're pretty well informed. We'd, we'd like to use the internet. We like to do comparison shopping. And when we're going to fly somewhere on our vacation, regardless of what the Yanks may do at the border, uh, we're, we're going to shop around. We're going to get the best deal possible. However, when we do shop around, let's say use the airlines as an example, we'll go for the lowest ticket price and we'll put up with a little inconvenience for a five-hour plane ride. But be, because we're paying a lower price, we know we're going to expect less. So that's the mindset that when a lot of people are confronted with the 1% realty story, they go, well, I'm paying less. So like an airline ticket, a no frills approach, I've got to be some for, forfeiting something along the way. There's got to be something missing in the arrangement. Well, you know, that does make sense in a lot of industry. And it's fair, uh, I think, for consumers to wonder, you know, what am I not getting if I pay less? Yeah. But uh, I would say this. In real estate, uh, there's a lot of room, the way the, the typical commission structures in a lot of companies are structured, uh, for someone like Dave and I to come in and do a fantastic job for significantly less without cutting uh, any corners. I know there's uh, a conception out there that, that maybe agents at some of the big name companies that you see advertised on TV a little more, that maybe they're better agents or, or maybe they have some sort of special skill or something that, that maybe Dave and I don't because we charge less. But the truth of the matter is I spent 13 years at some of these other companies mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and real estate is not about realtors. It's not about commissions. It's about buyers and sellers. And a good agent should know the market well enough, be able to market to put those buyers and sellers together, regardless of what company you're at. So what I'd like to tell people out there listening today is if you are thinking of selling a property anywhere in greater Vancouver, 
give us a call because we're happy to show you what we do. And we can hold our own against any of these other agents at any of these other bigger name companies. And yes, we will save you money at the same time. Well, Dave, you know, I think a reasonable question following off John's explanation there is, well, uh, because of these other agents are working um, uh, at a different level of uh, income or commission, um, there, there's, m- there might be some antagonism between their approach to doing business and the 1% realty approach. Uh, and maybe, they, maybe they're a little reluctant to show listings uh, that you might have out there uh, in the marketplace. Is that the case? Mm. Well, that's something that uh, we hear expressed from time to time. Sometimes folks will call us out, we'll do an evaluation for them, and they'll say, you know, we love the idea of saving $20,000. Who doesn't? Of course. Uh, <laughs> but we have heard from this person or that person uh, that if we list with 1% Realty, other agents may not show our listings. Yeah. And so they ask us, is that true? And I always tell them, absolutely not. Will other agents show your listings? Absolutely, they will, no question. Um, I've been doing this about 12 years exclusively with 1% Realty, and the large majority of my listings have always been sold with other agents uh, bringing their buyers. Same thing with John while he's been here. Um, the the point is that um, it's, it's a market that is very consumer-empowered. Buyers are the ones who decide which properties they're going to view and sure. what properties they're ultimately going to purchase. The reality is our listings are advertised alongside all the other listings that are out there. Uh, and if a buyer is looking for a property uh, like yours and the area yours is sitting geographically and the price range yours is listed, they're going to see it advertised. It's advertised everywhere all the other listings are. And before they go by the neighbors down the street, they're going to come in one and see yours, regardless of... Uh, how much commission your agent is offering. Of course, buyers going to want to come and see yours before they buy the neighbors. And if they like yours better, they'll make an offer on yours. Like the neighbors better, they'll make an offer on the neighbors. But the amount of commission just generally doesn't make a difference. Absolutely. It's also worth mentioning that uh, as a realtor, if I have a client who is looking to buy homes, that client relationship says that I owe the duty to my client to show them all available properties that may suit their needs. So I'm happy to say that agents in my industry are ethical. I mean, I have agents from all companies bringing buyers to my listings and writing offers on our listings. We just don't collect or charge or put out as much commission as some of our competition. I think, you know, truthfully, if, if you're out on a nice Sunday afternoon like uh, today uh, uh, looking for homes, uh, just uh, keeping an eye, uh, scanning the radar, seeing what's out there, uh, and you spot a property, you go, wow, now that that's kind of our cup of tea. You don't really care whose name is on the sign on the front lawn. All you care about is, is it for sale or not? Is that not a, a pretty typical reaction? No, that, that, that's exactly right. That, that's the only thing I do is try, try and find the website on the realtor sign so sure. I can go to the website and maybe get an idea what the cost might be. Sure. Well, that's one of the power powers of MLS. MLS is quite a powerful system. Every listing listed by a realtor is going to be listed in this one central hub. All buyers who are looking for properties like that, they simply just put in the criteria and they see every available listing. And like we said, all of our listings pop alongside, pop up alongside all the other listings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like you said, if you're a buyer, you're sophisticated, you're savvy, you want to buy the property that best suits your needs, whether it's listed by us or with anybody else. Right. That's why our listings sell just like anybody else's. And, and uh, so again, Again, quoting from the website, savewithjohnanddave.com. Terrific website. And by the way, there's a comparison chart on there. Right on the front page, you scroll down about halfway. And how much will you save is the title over the chart. And it gives the approximate values of properties. And you can see where yours would fit in on the chart. And then you look at the commission paid to 1% realty versus the commission paid to most other brokers. And the final column is the savings, the money you get to keep. Again, quoting from the website is, yes, we are regular, in quotes, real estate agents in every sense of the word. 
we simply charge less. That's it. End of the story. And uh, it pretty much boils it right down, too, John, doesn't it? It's, that's, that's it. That's what we live by. Oh, the number, by the way, is 604-265-8280. We'll give you this a couple of times through the broadcast. But if you don't have a chance to copy it down, perhaps you're driving. Uh, Save with John and Dave is the website. All the contact emails and the telephone numbers are all there as well. Uh, And uh, that comparison chart, boy, I'll tell you, Dave, you've quoted a few times from it on the program. And you just sit there and you start listening to the numbers and the amounts, which are in the multiple thousands that you get to fold up and put back in your pocket, are impressive. Well, yeah, we think so. Um, you know, the average uh, client that we have saves thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. and that's regardless of what they're selling. So we'll sell properties in all various, all, all sorts of price ranges, uh, two or $300,000 condos, all the way up to, you know, $1.5 million houses. And the reality is, regardless of where you're priced, uh, you stand to save quite a bit of money uh, by listing with us. Okay. So, I'm sorry, John. Well, I was just going to add to that. Absolutely. Uh, and you mentioned there is, you know, sometimes a, you know, a, a preconception in consumers' minds, rightfully so in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. that if you pay less, you're going to get less. Yeah, yeah. But balancing that, there's also a mood in the market that I notice more and more and more as prices go up where consumers are saying things to, to Dave and I like, why are commissions so high? Do I have to spend thirty dollars or $40,000 to sell this home in the million and a half price range? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a growing movement of consumers who want, of course, consumers always want value. They want good service. They want results. But I think there's a growing movement of people who are saying to themselves, wait a minute, is there value in paying commissions as high as some of them are? And again, there's no set commissions, but there are very common commission structures. And some of those are getting kind of pricey. You're listening to Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. Our guests in studio, Dave Mater and John Carlson from 1% Realty. Lots more coming up after the news. And welcome back to the program. It's coming up to 1135. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by Dave Mater and John Carlson, personal real estate corporations, both from 1% Realty, two of the top real estate agents in greater Vancouver. These are experienced guys with over a 1,000 combined sold homes under their belts. Dave, you mentioned earlier that you've only ever worked for 1% Realty. John had worked for other brokerages mm-hmm. before joining the firm. Why did you take this approach? Because you knew right from the get-go, even though you hadn't been in the business, you uh, targeted and went for a company that you knew would provide you less commission than other competitors out there in the marketplace, and yet you went for it anyway. What was the motivation there? Yeah, that's that's right. So I... I became licensed in 2005, and um, you know when you're becoming licensed, part of that process is to sit down with managing brokers from various different brokerages and interview with them and try to decide where you fit in. Sure. And uh, so I spoke with uh, brokers from you know lots of different big name companies, and um, you know I spoke with uh, Ian Bailey at One Percent Realty. Sat down with him, and uh, he explained the One Percent Realty business model to me, and it really struck a chord because. I was always somebody that searched for value. You know, I thought to myself when I was trying to decide what company I was going to work with, I thought to myself, well, if I was going to be selling my own property, would I be willing to spend the twenty or thirty or forty thousand dollars or more uh, that it would take to sell it with some of the other brokerages? And uh, the answer was no, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. And you know, after doing this for twelve years and selling hundreds and hundreds of properties, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't. Right. And so, one um, percent realty was a great fit for me because it offered a service that I could actually believe in 
um, because you know I can I can get the job done for my clients and and everybody's happy that way. But John, your your case is a little different because you had worked for other brokerage firms before moving over to one percent, so you had lived in that higher uh, commission domain for a while, and yet you opted voluntarily, obviously, to move to a different business model. So tell you tell us what was behind that decision. That's absolutely correct. I did work for a couple of other uh, companies for I think it was thirteen and a half years. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a, you know, a, a more typical, if you will, uh, commission structure. And, uh, you know, I guess the reason I moved, it was a business decision for me. I sensed there were changes in the industry. I sensed that consumers were looking for better value when it came to hiring a realtor to sell their home. And given the landscape, the layout of the land in the industry, I recognized that they were bound to get it regardless of what I did. So I felt like I had a choice. I could either try to fight some of these changes in, in, in commission structures that were appearing on the market, or maybe I could join them. And I uh, rationalized that if I charged less, but provided all the same, if not better, service than my competitors, that I would probably never have to look for business again. And that has more or less been true. I also have to give Dave a, you know credit for that, because when I was at one of these other companies and I was noticing, boy, this David Mater, he's the rookie of the year in the real estate board in 2005. He's done more business than anybody else, a brand new realtor. And I'm thinking, what is this guy doing? And I sat down with him and talked to Dave and I expressed, you know, hey, this looks kind of interesting what you're doing. And, uh, you know, Dave convinced me. I mean, he's a pro. Uh, He was doing a great business. And I thought, you know, this is something that I should do as well. And, And I can tell you, it's worked out great. Believe it or not, in real estate, you can charge less money for uh, your services as a listing agent, and you can make more money overall simply by doing more volume and not having to spend your time and money knocking on doors looking for that next person to sign a listing agreement. Because once the once the secret is out, Dave, that uh, there is another way of doing business in the real estate market, and more and more people become aware of that, uh, there, I'm, I'm sure business is coming to you, literally coming to you. Yeah, well, that's it, right? I started uh, fresh in 2005. I really had no contacts in the business or anything like that. But, um, you know, I, I put a couple ads in the paper. And uh, just business was pouring in left, right, and center, and so and it really hasn't stopped between then and now. And so you know, people ask us why do we work at the company? Well, for all these reasons that we've talked about, it just makes a lot of sense. And another thing, when you're doing a good volume of business, you're sharp as an agent. If you have uh, done a number of sales in the last month or two, and you're familiar with the market, right. you're in a better position to defend your seller's price when offers come in. You're in a better position usually to give good advice to buyers when it comes time to make an offer that's appropriate on a property. And chances are, if you do a lot of business, you are better at negotiating and identifying potential pitfalls and making sure your clients are protected. Interesting. Uh, let's follow up on that for just a second. To both of you, this question, what causes a property to sell? What are the magic ingredients that make it just the right thing for that person to, to the next person comes up, that's my new place? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's really the heart of the matter, isn't it? Like when we're talking about different commission structures and different business models, it's the heart of the matter. Why do properties actually sell? Yeah. Right? Well, do properties sell because there's a big commission price tag attached to a buyer's agent? Is that why a property sells? Or does a property sell because that property appeals to that buyer in that market? And I think everybody who's listening, who's ever looked for a property intuitively knows that the reason why they bought the property they eventually bought was because it was in the right neighborhood. It offered the right square footage. It was beside the right schools. It was close to the right parks. There's all sorts of reasons why a buyer would search for a property, none of which I think 
uh, are because a particular listing offers a certain commission structure. Right, of course, right. right? Absolutely. Dave and I work with buyers all the time, and it's, you know, it's, it's always a variation on, this, on a similar theme. You know, what are the buyer's needs? What's the buyer's budget? What are the buyer's preferences? And what opportunities are out there for a buyer to take a look at? And if a, if a buyer sees value, I mean, pricing's still important. Marketing's still important. We have to get the word out and demonstrate value in our listings. And a buyer has to see enough value and enough, uh, you know, enough boxes checked on their list to act on a property. When that happens, you know, buyers get together and they write offers. They don't ask about commissions, uh, at least in my experience. They want the right house at the right price and they want an agent who's going to represent their interests and get them into that home if there's any way possible. Yeah, now talking about search for value, and John mentioned to use the word value a few times in that last uh, response there, Dave, and you are notorious tightwad as you've described yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I've never used that word to describe myself. John's agreeing with me with a big smile on his face. But no, you are a value-oriented guy. You pay attention to getting the best bang for your buck every dollar you spend, as most of us do. And particularly in this kind of marketplace where prices are, well, you got to pay attention to prices. So you're always looking for value. And so how do you how do you how do you conduct a good efficient value search then? Well, this is it, right? Um, you know, routinely Consumers look for value in, I think, everything that they, everything that they do. Right? They're looking for, uh, you know, the best airfare. They go to the website that compares the airfares, and they, they don't just buy the first airfare they find. They they look and they find the one that offers the right airline at the right price, or sure. the big screen TV. They're after the big screen TV. They don't just buy the first one they see. Typically, they shop around for a little bit and then they buy the TV that offers the best, you know, uh, a, a combination of value and and features and price. Um, well. Our thing is, why would that search for value stop when you're looking for an agent? You know, one thing uh, just occurred to me the other day as I was driving, uh, doing some shopping with my wife. I was driving by this big box store and there was a gas station um, attached to the store. And I think there must have been probably seven or eight deep lineup to get to that gas, right? And what are they saving? Maybe five or 10 cents a liter. Fair enough. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. On a 50 liter, 60 or 70 liter tank, that's what, maybe saving five to 10 bucks? Sure, why not? The thing is, you're probably waiting in line 20 or 30 or 40 minutes just to save that 10 bucks. Well, I mean, our thing is, look, you know, if someone's out there thinking about selling their property um, and, you know, their options, they think, are to spend seven on the first hundred and 2.5% on the balance and it's going to be 20 or 30 grand, why not give us a call? We go out there, sit down with them for that same half an hour that they might otherwise wait in that gas line sure, to save right, 10 bucks. Right, right. Well, look, sit down with us for half an hour. We'll give you an evaluation, tell you about the services that we offer. Maybe instead of saving you 10 bucks, we'll save you 10,000 or 20,000 or 30,000. There is simply no risk with having us out to chat for a few minutes. And we're quite confident if you have us out, you're going to be happy with what you hear. And John, and John, an evaluation, as, as Dave just mentioned, is part of that initial meeting. You get a look at the property, you meet the individuals, the owners, and so on, and you have a look around. I'm sure most of them are very eager to find out what you think their property is worth, too, right? Absolutely. Doing an evaluation is a big part of a meeting with a new client. Uh, you know, and other things are as well. I, I had a client recently ask me for uh, testimonials. So we were happy to give, I don't know, seven or eight phone numbers of people who we'd worked with in the last month or so we'd sold. And we got a lot of happy clients. You pick them up and give them a call. Uh, and they're going to tell you good things uh, about how we work. So we often talk about evaluations. We talk about the 1% realty business model. Mm-hmm. We talk about the market in general and how their property will fit into the market. We talk about strategy. We talk about timing. And really, it comes down to, 
you know, really the personal situation of the seller. You know, we can give them all the information they want and all the advice they want, but it comes down to what a seller's comfortable with in terms of timing and strategy, when they want to put their house on the market, what they want to ask, and, and we listen to them as well. Well, suppose now somebody listening to us right now, perhaps even driving around uh, checking out some homes on a mm-hmm. Sunday, uh, but they're, they're anxious to move. They're going to do a deal, but maybe not right now, even though it's spring and this is the busiest time typically in the real estate cycle, Dave, but they're not ready to do it yet. And, and so maybe we're talking about the fall or whatever, uh, and yet they know eventually, probably this calendar year, we're going to, we're going to make the big move. Mm-hmm. So how far in advance even though you know it could be a few months away, how far in advance is it smart to start line, put your ducks in a row so when you make the big decision, everything's set to go? Mm-hmm. Well, we get calls from folks just like that, people who say, well, we're going to be selling uh, six months from now. Yeah. We want to have you out just to kind of get a feel for what the market's doing, that kind of thing. Often folks also want to get some opinions on what uh, we feel they may need to do to the property to prepare it for sale, you know, okay. uh, you know, a little bit of light staging, that kind of thing. So we're always happy to do that. How soon in advance? Well, really, um, put it this way, in a really busy market, uh, if we come out today and we do an evaluation, in three months' time, that evaluation may need to be updated yeah, because the prices true. move so quickly, right? right? But, you know, we're always happy to visit with folks, regardless of what stage they're in, to sit down with them, again, to explain what we do, to give them an evaluation at least as far as where the market stands today sure. and answer any questions. And, you know, we're always here to help. So no problems at all. And John, uh, even though the house, the valuation quote uh, this afternoon might be different three months from now, the the strategy surrounding the sale of the home would remain essentially the same. Well, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, if the market were to change significantly, we we might adjust strategies. Like, for instance, right now in certain segments of the affordable market, Dave and I are finding it's really nice to price on the sharper side of the reasonable range uh, with an eye towards uh, allowing a lot of people to get excited about the property and submit bids in a competitive situation. That's one strategy that can work quite well. Okay. Uh, if the market were to suddenly change and the listing inventory to sales ratios are to change or the economy took a turn, that might not be the best strategy. So, you know, it, it's a case-by-case basis and it also comes down to what the comfort level of the client is. Some people would rather find a property first and then worry about selling their home. Other people want the money in their pocket before they go out hunting. So again, it's there's all kinds of ways to look at it, but we listen to the client and figure out what suits their needs the best and then we make our recommendations. And, and sometimes, I'll add to that, sometimes we'll have folks that uh, they'll call us out having, you know, an idea of one plan and then after a long discussion, they'll actually change their plan and but say, right. well, actually, it makes sense to list now because we the price is so great. We were thinking of doing it uh, eventually, but now this might be the time to strike. That's right, right? So, no, it, there's no bad time to have us out. We're always happy. Interesting stuff. The number, by the way, is 604-265-8280, with the only caveat being that if you tried to call a number right now, uh, both, well, John and Dave are tied up on the radio for another few <laughs> minutes, but anytime <laughs> afternoon, uh, 604-265-8280, and all of that information is available at the website, which is savewithjohnanddave.com. Now, Dave, uh, John, I know that you're heading off to Burnaby for another open house this afternoon. I am. Uh, let's tell people about it. This is um, 1 to 3 p.m. today. I'm going to be in Burnaby Heights. Uh, the building is called Ingleton Place, and it's at 3920 Hastings Street. This is Unit 401. List price is five forty nine nine. We're just under 1,100 square feet. Big condo, yeah. southwest facing. You can see all the way to Vancouver Island. You can see Cypress Mountain, Metro Town, the city. Fantastic views. Really good building. So um, show up. Come and say hi. 1 to 3 p.m. today.
Okay, and uh, how about you, Dave? Are you off to a showing after the, the program today as well? Actually, I'm at an open house today uh, in Coquitlam. So uh, brand new listing just hit the market. We're doing our first showings today. Uh, unit 438-2980 Princess Crescent in Coquitlam. So fantastic area uh, close to the new Sky Train. Uh, Coquitlam Center, Aquatic Center, uh, about 850 square feet, one bedroom and den, a really nice view, looks into the courtyard, 399000 we think a fantastic deal. And what is uh, what are the hours for the open house open this house, afternoon? Open house, 2 to 4 p.m. today. Okay. Is it a myth, guys, that the longer a property remains on the market, the less attractive it becomes? It, 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 is there something to that? The idea being that in a market, especially as active as Vancouver, things don't usually sit around very long. There's a lot of turnover going going on. And if something for some reason does sit, it, does that render it uh, less attractive, John? I think there is uh, some truth in that. The longer properties on the market, a buyer might you know, psychologically think to themselves, well, hey, nobody else has wanted this thing in four weeks. Why should I want it? Mm-hmm. So there's that's partly, but it's not always the case. Uh, you know, Sometimes we'll have a listing that's a fantastic listing. You'll get an offer within the first few days, but then a week later, the financing falls through and it, you know, it's back on the market. And people say, well, how long has it been listed? Well, it's been listed two weeks, but we've been tied up with an offer that didn't go together. So you can never completely judge a listing by the time on the market. But the longer you do sit on the market, it can be more difficult to justify your pricing uh-huh. the longer you sit. I was yes. just going to say, and some of the one of the reasons, perhaps, Dave, the thing's been sitting there in the first place is it was because it was priced or overpriced to begin with. Yeah, right? that, that's it, right? So uh, you want to make sure that regardless of what you have, you list it right, right? So you want experienced guys to know what they're doing. Absolutely. And pricing is important if you think of it this way. Uh, any property has a reasonable value for the best possible buyer. Sure. But if you put the price up a little bit too high, I mean, suddenly the higher you go price-wise, you're competition gets a little bit bigger, a little bit better, a little bit newer, mm-hmm. and you can price a property uh, to a point where there's always something better on the next block. For the so, same dollar. Exactly. So right. you still have to be competitive. And I like to tell sometimes people, you can only option up a, you know, a Toyota Camry so far uh, price-wise before somebody's just going to buy a Lexus. Right, exactly. So you do have to appeal uh, buyers making value judgments on the property they, they see. You do have to be in that right range, and that's where maybe some good advice from a, from an experienced agent can help. Delighted to report, uh, friends, that uh, because of their appearances on Vancouver Consumer, uh, John Carlson and Dave Mater have been receiving a, a just a flood of phone calls and inquiries and emails from CKNW listeners. I'm very pleased about that, pleased to be part of this, because what the heck? It's your money. Why not hang on to it as much as you possibly can? That would be the ultimate 1% realty message, wouldn't it, John? It would, and usually they're calling to ask us how Sterling's doing. Oh, so. right, of <laughs> course, of course. Fat <laughs> chance. Guys, thanks very much. I know you're off to open houses. Appreciate this very much, and we'll catch up to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Sterling. Thanks, Save with John and Dave is the website, friends. You can reach them. Okay, uh, their, their, their phones are now active. 604-265-8280. We're back with the Steel Report and a couple of consumer quickies in a minute. Welcome back. Thanks again to John Carlson and Dave Mater from 1% Realty for the update on the Metro Vancouver housing situation. It's time now for the Steel Report. Here's Linda. I'm Jody Vance, and this is your Steel Report. If you've gotten a parking ticket in your email inbox recently, you might want to read it carefully. A phony email has been making the rounds in BC telling people they owe money for a parking ticket that never happened. Global consumer reporter Ann Drua reports while the email does look very authentic, there are a couple of red flags you can look out for. There's a date for the infraction, but no time or location given. The return address looks fishy, and the tickets often contain spelling and grammatical errors. 
terrors. The link at the bottom goes to a Russian site now offline. Tristan Justras from Limestone Learning warns that if you get the email, delete it right away. Clicking on any links or attachments could possibly install malware on your computer most insidious forms of malware that's been prevalent lately is called ransomware, where it can even lock all the data on your computer until such point as you provide a payment in ransom uh, to unlock your computer. And often, even when you make a payment, your computer data does not get unlocked. So it's a total scam that's very harmful. Jestras says the best advice to give is to just use common sense. Ask yourself if it makes sense to be receiving a parking ticket and look up the organization by name to see if it actually exists. I'm Jody Vance, and that's your Steel Report. With apologies to my friend Jody Vance, thank you for the Steel Report. Steel and Drex weekdays 2 to 6 on News Talk 980 CKNW. A couple more consumer quickies before we go. If a research company contacted you and asked you to agree or disagree with the following two statements, how would you reply? Statement 1. I would rather have more time than more money. And number 2. Experiences are more important than possessions. Well, maybe you and I weren't on the list this time, but 22,000 people in 17 countries, including ours, were asked to agree or disagree, and here's what they said. Worldwide, 44% say experiences are more important, and 31% would opt for more money. The Canadian numbers show 56% of women versus 42% of men who say experiences are more important than possessions, with the overall agreement number at 49%. That overall agreement number is only 23% when it comes to having more time than more money. And again, more women agreed with that statement than men. Interesting to note that people over 60 were most likely to prioritize money over time. The survey was conducted by global market research giant GFK, and there's more on it at gfk.com. And here's one of those spider stories folks just love to hate. A woman in suburban Detroit spotted an unfamiliar object in her two-year-old's bedroom this week. I thought it was a big ball of string when I reached for it, says Jillian Duke, and it turned out it had eyes and was a giant spider. Her reaction was pure panic. She called her husband and her parents and then grabbed some heavy books and dropped it on the spider, and that was the end of his game. Later, after she composed herself, she decided to take the flattened creature to a local pet store who then consulted experts at a nearby science institute, and that's when she found out it was an Australian huntsman spider, one of the largest in the world, but relatively harmless. So how did this oversized, scary thing find its way from down under to Jillian's little boy's bedroom? Well, the entomologists at the Science Institute who were consulted say it likely came from a tropical plant shipped over by a big box store selling, well, flowers and trees and such. They also advise consumers. In every case, you might want to give that new house plant a good shake before bringing it home from the store. Unless you're in the market for a new pet. Jillian agrees with the advice and says, it was huge, she says. The thing needed a leash. Yuck. 
And Google Home is coming to Canada June 26th. That's three weeks from tomorrow, offering support in both English and French. One of the features Google Home offers is help from Google Assistant in either official language when you ask for maps, translator, or search for weather or any information. Voice Command will also allow you to program music from anywhere in your home, courtesy of a new high-excursion speaker. Plus, you can enjoy news, podcasts, and, of course, radio as you move around the house. The service will allow you to connect and control most brands of your smart home devices. With your permission, Google Home will help with things like daily schedules, commutes, and more. Plus, it's a whiz at setting alarms, starting timers, and adding items to your shopping list. Here in Canada, Google Home will sell for about 179 bucks, which is comparable to its U.S. price with the exchange factored in, and pre-orders actually begin today. The product will be in stores in just a few weeks. And that is our program for today. Thanks again to John Carlson and Dave Mater from 1% Realty, and thanks to producers Ben Dooley and Sarah Hyde, along with Tyson Pellegrini at The Controls. And thank you for joining us. We're back again next Sunday at 11 with another edition of Vancouver Consumer. NW Weekend coming right up after the news to noon on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.